The following radio show takes place between 7 p.m. and 8 p.m. Events occur in fake time. Wrong. All right, here we are. It is Simulation Radio Live for Monday, May 10th, 2000. 21. Boy, it has been a long train of work to get to this point. A lot of effort has been put forth. I a lot all the things in front of me that are over there in the studio that nobody can see, that's all the stuff. That's all the work that went into Simulation Radio Live as we launched. So welcome everybody. It is Simulation Radio Live, yet another Simulation Radio product that you're going to want to listen to. It is all of the most latest breaking viral news that you'll ever want to hear you'll ever want to see and you know what if this should be what you choose to use as your only source of news then you know what that's okay i'm perfectly okay with that and i want to start off with i'm a little bit distracted right now i'm not gonna lie i know this is the launch of the show and i should be dedicating 100 percent clear just Full brain power to this, but I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Snap the last couple days, and it got me to think, like, I don't know if there are times when maybe you have something in life that you that you get into that reminds you, that brings you that sense of nostalgia from something that you might have really liked when you were a child, but Pokemon Snap is doing that for me. It came out last week on the Nintendo Switch, and... I've essentially been playing it nonstop outside of my obligations of getting the show work done and job stuff. Essentially nonstop for the last, uh, like, two or three days, maybe, which sounds kind of dangerous. But that's the life we're at. That's, that's where we're, that is where we're at here. And that sense of nostalgia washed over me playing that game because if anybody is my age, so I'm about 28 years old, true millennial here, and I know that all of the fucking, all the Zoomers, that's one for the swear jar on Thursday, that all the Zoomers are not going to understand the feeling of walking into Blockbuster. I swear to God, Zoomers, you're really missing out here. And we're going to get to some stuff later on in the show about this. Like, we're going to talk about Elon Musk on SNL in a little bit. That's, I know that's fucking Zoomer territory here, right there. And stay tuned for that. You're not going to get this now, but we'll we'll get to some Zoomer territory later. But... If you remember that nostalgic feeling of ever walking into Blockbuster and renting movies or renting games as a little kid, we did that shit all the time. We went into Blockbuster. It was a ritual, weekly routine that we would go into. We'd look at all the shit, touch our little fucking, our little kid grubby fingers on all the stuff, and that there's no way that would stick around today if that were existing. But remember in Blockbuster and... Let me know. Please, please leave a comment on at Simulation Radio on everything, especially on the YouTube video, if you remember these. But remember those fucking Pokemon Snap giant machines that they had at Blockbuster when the first one came out? Those, what you could do is you could stick your memory card into it, and you could actually take some of your saved data file. You could take some pictures of some of the Pokemon that, that, you, uh, that you took pictures of in the game, you could take some of those pictures and actually print them out as real-life stickers. And I imagine that the reason that we weren't able to do that more than once is because it was fucking annoying. That's It's simple as that. I'm sorry, you don't want little kid stickers being fucking plastered everywhere on your walls, on your, you know, anything of value. Just imagine you're trying to build up a nice regal household where... You know, you want to keep your property value up somewhat. And then there's just a fucking there's a little kid bumper sticker or there's a, a little kid dumbass sticker of a fucking electrode or something that's just 
plastered on somewhere that your little child took in Pokemon Snap. Maybe as a parent, uh, not as a parent personally, but I understand the more the parental point of view that, uh, all right, we don't want stickers everywhere. And you know what? That's fine. I'm perfectly okay with that. So you'll have to you'll have to forgive me for being a little bit distracted by the idea of Pokemon Snap stickers. I'm like a small child again. So we do have some important stuff to get to. I'm glad you stuck with me, Zoomers, through that five minutes of reminiscing about Pokemon Snap. Because if you're a Zoomer, then you probably saw the social media post that I put out advertising the show tonight. And there's some stuff in there that I know that you're going to want to see. For instance, on Saturday... Elon Musk, the Doge father himself, was on Saturday Night Live. And there were a lot of expectations and a lot of, I don't want to say real controversy regarding this, but I know there were some cast members that were specifically stated to have, they were not forced to appear in Saturday Night Live alongside Elon Musk. That was a story that was put out in the week and the two weeks leading up to him being on the show. And a lot of fake controversy came out. And one of the things that had to be combated here by particularly a couple of members of Saturday Night Live that actually had to go out and talk to the press and tell the press, like, we don't actually care that Elon's on SNL. The biggest threat to SNL for having Elon be on there is Elon potentially being fucking terrible. And that is exactly what happened because I watched it. It was the first time that I watched Saturday Night Live in God knows how long. You know, if you sat me down and you pointed a gun to my head and said, oh, you've got to watch SNL or else we're going to blow your fucking brains out. I I consider just having it all ended right there. And all right, I'll, ta- I'll take my trip up to heaven now. Uh, <laughs> as if that's where I'm going. But Elon Musk was on Saturday Night Live this past Saturday. Now, there was a lot of rumor and murmuring as to what was going to happen, particularly holders of the cryptocurrency Dogecoin, because Elon Musk has been touted by many in the media, many on social media as the Doge father. And boy, did he really, really try and play that up. We'll start off with full coverage. In fact, I've got a story here that we will start off first that SpaceX is launching an actual Dogecoin mission to the moon in 2022. Despite the fact that people were sitting there with their apps. I know I was one of those people, by the way. I was one of these people that was sitting there at 1130 on Saturday night with my app in hand, with that fucking sell button right there, ready to go. And you you fucked it up for all of us, Elon. You fucked it up. You went on there. You are a complete cringe lord. You're just god awful. All right, you know what? We'll start here before I get any more mad at it because Elon broke some news about himself on Saturday Night Live over the weekend, and it's news that I don't think anybody would be surprised at all to hear. Let's hear it from the horse's mouth himself. I'm actually making history tonight as the first person with Asperger's to host SNL. All right, two things wrong with that. A, no you're not. Do you think that any of those other fuckers on Saturday Night Live has never had Asperger's? You think that any of those people, not a single one of them got on that stage and just was that out of touch or that Aspie that they wouldn't be deserved to have been called having Asperger's syndrome? And B, no fucking shit, Elon. No shit. There is no way that anybody is going to look at you and go, whew. Wow. Because it was controversial that he broke the news that he had Asperger's on Saturday Night Live for some reason. You really think that nobody didn't guess that he had fucking Asperger's before? Let's hear more from him. (laughs) Us, yes. What a victim. At least the first to admit it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Eye contact with the cast tonight. But don't worry, I'm pretty good at running human in emulation mode. All right, I've had enough of his monologue. It was terrible the first time, and it's going to be terrible the second time. And I feel bad for anybody that's chosen to sit down and listen to this. He was part of some skits, too, actually. And I mentioned earlier that one of the fears of Elon being on SNL not was not 
that he would be controversial. That was just fake. That was all that was all all right, like it or not, fake news is real. That was all fake news. Nobody was actually afraid that he would cause controversy on SNM on SNM on SNL because Elon is not going to go on Saturday Night Live and do all the Asperger shit that you would have expected him to do. Saturday Night Live is despite the argument and quality that you can make for it, it's a fairly established thing. And you can't really just go on there and be a complete fucking autist and not expect to just get completely roasted and not have a good time after that. Not that Elon cares at all about that. Elon gives absolutely zero fucks about getting labeled an autist and getting a bunch of heat on social media, which, to be fair, is the right way to do, or the right way to go about things if you're doing the things that Elon is. Unfortunately for him, he's trying to be in the public spotlight, too, and when you're somebody that has Asperger's, then it's a little bit harder to be in the public spotlight, including being forced by all the god-awful talent at, at Saturday Night Live to partake in this skit right here. And we'll get to some doge news in a couple minutes because you know what happened to doge you know actually we'll get to some doge news right now because if anybody is concerned about their dogecoin holdings and we're one of those people that was sitting in front of the the couch in front of the tv on saturday finger on the sell button should have pulled the trigger by the way now you now you got to hold now you got to hold that's what you got to do you got to hold people but elon musk he chose to go on Saturday Night Live and announce that he wanted to... In fact, he didn't announce this specifically on Saturday Night Live, but he went on Saturday Night Live to promote his title and status as the Doge Father, including a very, very... Uh, I dislike labeling things as cringe. However, here, I think it definitely applies because... I had to sit through this entire fucking weekend update, which was god-awful, by the way. This entire weekend update, it was not funny at all. It was just awful. It's literally the two actors, Michael Shea and Michael Che and whoever the fuck the other actor is. I don't even know, the white guy, that essentially just sat there and tried to do Jon Stewart for 10 minutes, except it's just, it's has zero wit at all. It's just, it's... It's not good, man. It's not good. Republicans, have you heard about the Republicans? We get it. They're terrible. Your side's terrible, too. Shut the fuck up. Anyway, here's Elon. About this, what are cryptocurrencies? They're a type of digital money, but instead of being controlled by a central government, they're decentralized using blockchain technology. Blockchain technology. I don't know if Elon's actually trying to, like, really lean into the bit here or if he's actually this this way. I'm leaning towards the second one. I don't think, to be fair, Elon's gotten a lot smarter about his social interactions and about, you know, being a little bit more uh, Machiavellian and more cunning. But you can feel his his old Asperger self come out here. I'm, I have a feeling that he's being real and that he's being uh, genuinely cringe here. Let's, let's keep checking it out. <laughs> and lately, prices have been soaring for cryptos like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and especially Dogecoin. Especially oh, right. Dogecoin. Now, what, what is Dogecoin? Well, it actually started Here's the as a ticker. joke based on an internet meme. Mm -hmm. But now it's taken off in a very real way. Okay, but what is There's a key moment for what he calls well, it this. It was created in 2013 and has a circulating supply of 117 billion coins, of which 113 billion have already been. In fact, mined. I'll put this up on the screen right, here cool. for you guys so too. So what is Dogecoin? <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's a digital currency. Like, okay, for instance. So what is it? This is a dollar, right? It's real. Same so sorta. Yeah, sort okay. of real. Yeah. So what is Dogecoin? <laughs> About as real as that dollar. How come? Are you making any sense of this? Me? Well, I've, I've actually been reading a lot about it, yeah, and uh, I'm trying to diversify my investment portfolio. Uh, my question <sighs> is, what is Dogecoin? <laughs> you know what? You guys are sitting through this skit with me. You guys are suffering, too. It's an unstoppable financial vehicle that's going to take over the world. I, I get that, but uh, what is it, man? <laughs> Here's the key part. Here's the key part that Elon Musk is about to say. 
that tanked the market, that tanked Dogecoin right here. Because check this out. Essentially, and I feel like this was some tomfoolery, some fuckery behind the scenes of what Elon could get away with. I don't think he could have straight up gotten away with uh, just going on Saturday Night Live. Imagine if Elon Musk had went on Saturday Night Live and just decided to shit on actual currency, on fiat currency. Because to give a little bit of a background, a little bit of a TLDR on cryptocurrency, it's a less centralized form of, of not form of fiat currency, but it's a less centralized currency. And people that are really into it, that really uh, are valuing what cryptocurrency has to offer, those people, including Elon Musk, are heavily shitting on what they refer to as fiat currency, which is, you know, the dollars that we use, currency that's based on inflation and currency that they believe will not be sustainable in the near future. And so one of the pieces of fuckery that I think happened behind the scenes here at Saturday Night Live was Elon not being able to come out and just completely shit on fiat currency. What he had to do was the line that he is about to espouse here, which is what tanked the market. I keep telling you, it's a cryptocurrency you can trade for conventional money. Not here. Oh, so it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. Why did you say that, man? Yeah, there we go. That's how you get it relatable to all the commoners out there that are on fucking Robin Hood in their apps going, oh, I got to buy Doge. It's a hustle. That's what they had to do. That's how you get it to speak to the the retail investors that are out there who are actually trying to be part of this and i feel like elon musk did not actually want to do that elon musk wanted to go out there and decry it as a real thing and calling it a hustle like this is something that that devalues that cryptocurrency because it makes it more on the lines of what layman think what layman think it is and that's what you can boil it down to. Obviously, if you take what the definition of a hustle is and you take what Dogecoin is, they have a lot of overlapping figures. But when you simplify it like that, when you simplify it to the mere, uh, the mere title of a hustle, then that makes it lose value because there are a lot of things that are trying to be accomplished with this that Elon Musk, I'm sure, was sitting there wanting to get out there and wanting to let it out you know, in his his very eccentric Elon way, but he just wasn't able to because I'm sure there's no way that Saturday Night Live would have let that happen. There's no way that the way that this played out was not very elaborate and very made up to to exist like this because he can't just do that. He can't just go out there Shit on real money, shit on fiat currency, because guess what? That's what the people watching Saturday Night Live use. And unfortunately for Elon, he had to make a little bit of uh, he had to make a little bit of compromise here and there. So what happened with Doge? It tanked. It went from what was at 70 cents beforehand up from 0.004 cents, I believe, was a stat that I read earlier in January. So now it's about down to last time I checked, it was at about five one. So I'm gonna let me check my financial app. It's at forty six cents right now, so it's still it's tanked. And I mentioned an another thing in the preview of the show, which is that this is not financial advice, by the way, but now is a very good time to buy. It's a very good time to buy. So if that is something that you are interested in doing, then uh not financial advice, by the way, but I would recommend it because, especially considering the story from earlier, the SpaceX actual Dogecoin mission to the moon in 2022, because yesterday, on the 9th, it was announced that SpaceX would launch an unusual mission to the moon. It's, it'll be called Doge One, and it will be the first ever mission that was paid entirely with the cryptocurrency Dogecoin. The mission comes from Canada's Geometric Energy Corporation and will see a 40-kilogram CubeSat launch on a rideshare Falcon 9 rocket from SpaceX to the moon in quarter one of 2022. So it'll happen early next year. The small spacecraft will obtain lunar spatial intelligence from sensors and cameras on board with integrated communications and computational systems. Having officially transacted with Dogecoin for a deal of this magnitude, GEC and SpaceX have solidified Doge 
as a unit of account for lunar business in the space sector, according to Geometric Energy's chief executive officer, Samuel Reed. Elon Musk, of course, did what he does, which is go on Twitter and say, yep, I'm doing this. This is happening to the moon for the memes. Do all the shit. Make all the money. And we're going to space. So that's what Elon Musk is planning. That's going to happen next year. And I'll tell you, if you know anything about what happens to markets when meme shit like this happens, is uh, you want to hold till at least this happens. Because when this happens, then... That's going to be a lot of money. Doge is going to be worth a lot of money because they're paying for this with Doge. So naturally, it that's attempt. It's an attempt by them to you know prove how stable this is, prove how how valid of a currency this is because they're paying for a rocket. They're going to the moon. It's the meme. Ha ha. We got it. It everybody's favorite internet thing. We clap like monkeys. Congratulations. So, overall, Elon Musk appeared on Saturday Night Live. It was god-awful. The worst part about sitting through Saturday Night Live on Saturday was... Alright, where's where's the Dogecoin bit? Where is he going to pump? Where is he going to say, everybody buy Dogecoin? Where is he going to say that? I was waiting for it. That way I could sell. Sell, sell, sell. But it never happened. Funny story, I had an instinct. Dogecoin was at 70 cents before Saturday Night Live on Saturday, and my instinct told me to to fucking sell right there because I had a feeling that Elon was going to go on and he was going to fuck it up like he did. But unfortunately, that was just not what happened. I want to get to a couple of other things from Saturday Night Live, honestly, because you know what? If I had to sit through this garbage, then you, you guys have to too. So let's cringe together. Shall we? Let's cringe along as we check out some of the really awful Saturday Night Live skits. In fact, I've got I've got time for for one of them, and I've got three of them here. So, okay, Zoomers, Zoomers, you had to listen to my blockbuster story at the beginning of the show, and you're going to like this now. And by you're going to like this, I mean you're probably going to hate it because it shows just how terrible your generation is at acting like functional human beings when it comes to societal interactions with people. But... That's all right. Daddy Elon coming in to give you guys the smackdown, at least so it would seem. So this was a sketch on Saturday Night Live. It was one of the first ones, and it was a general hospital spoof. It was called Gen Z Hospital. And essentially, it was a group of fucking Zoomers, which were all the Saturday Night Live cast members that just have wigs of stupidly colored hair, because that's what Zoomers do, is they dye their hair pink and blue and, you know, the Zoomer girls grow their leg hair, leg hair out like true feminists. That's you're, you're, It's working out great for you guys. It, you guys are really going to get a man one day. Anyway, here's Gen Z Hospital. You guys have to watch this it too with squad. me now. Gang, gang. Doctor, please tell us what's up with our bestie. Uh-huh. You might want to sit down. What I have to say right now might be a little cringe. Just give us the tea. Okay, well... As you may have seen on her live, your bestie took a major L while driving her Hellcat. Oh, God. Yeah, we saw. Oh, God. We tried everything we could in surgery. How long can you and guys it was last? for a while, but we have your bestie on a machine, and we're doing everything we can. So, bestie's going to be okay, right? I'm sorry, but uh, at I don't this particular care. time, that's looking like a cap. What? Wow. They took all Whoa. the Zoomer can shit. Can we see her? Unfortunately, and made it in right one now, script. Bro. You know the vibes. But I promise do we anything- do we know the vibes, Elon? Do you even know the fucking vibes? What what does that even mean? Th- that's that's the problem with Zoomer speech pattern is that they take all these fucking buzzwords that I know all the other Zoomers know what they mean. It's like a separate language, and they just use shit like oh, it's lit, it's fire, and nobody fucking that's not real. That there's not they just all mean the same thing because all the Zoomers use it for the same fucking reason. And I know that that's how language works, but your language is stupid. Changes. I'll pull up. <laughs> Stop. And thank you, doctor. You're a real one. We stand you. And I stand you. Oh, God. You. I can only imagine the feels you're going through right now. Yep. That's me. You might be wondering how I got in this situation. All right. I can't take much more of this. I gotta. I, I can't. 
I can't. Goodbye, Elon. I watched you. This is the second or third time I'm watching this clip, and honestly, it makes me want to fucking blow my brains out every single time. Get me the fuck out of here. So, overall, unofficially buy Doge right now, not financial advice. That's that's the point of this segment. If you got anything out of listening to the last 25 minutes, then it's buy Doge, and also Pokemon Snap is pretty fun. And I hope that Zoomers one day get the chance to make as great memories as I got walking into Blockbuster and putting my memory card in that thing and getting those cute little photos of all the Pokemon. So when we come back, we have got eye on social media. There have been a lot of things that are going on, including this won't be on eye on social media. But if you're a woman out there and if you're trying to keep your man in check, if you're trying to make sure that he's not going out there being doing all the infidelities and, you know, just making sure that he's not out there cheating on you, then there's one key factor that you're going to have to look out for, and we'll talk about that next. Plus, a 17-year swarm in the making of cicadas, and it's going to be a special event that happens in a very large portion of the country. Plus, an eye on social media, will Floyd Mayweather be taking on both of the Paul brothers at once in a 2v1 knockdown dragout exhibition fight? Probably not, but we'll talk about it anyway. Catch you back in a minute. Simulation Radio. Simulation Radio. Ladies, you got to watch your men out there. A lot of them are very trifling. A lot of them really want nothing more than to just go out there, maybe have a little bit something extra, have a side piece. You know, I'm not talking about most of them because I know most of them are terrible, but I'm only talking about the outliers here. But there's an indicator, voice just broke, there's an indicator out there that you can tell as a woman whether or not your man is more likely to cheat. A study out of the University of Michigan recently and the Personal and Social Psychology Bulletin, I guess that was a, it was a joint study between the two of them. Men who wear extravagant fashions with large luxury logos embroidered on them, large luxury logos, say that three times fast, are more likely to be untrustworthy According to a University of Michigan study, males who own tees with larger brand emblems were rated higher on mating effort, lower on parental investment, said researchers, and have a higher interest in engaging in brief sexual affairs. These men are also less interested in having long-term and committed romantic relationships. They're less attracted to women who want these long-term relationships compared to men who own shirts with a smaller logo. So, Look, if you're a guy out there that's got a lot of polos in your wardrobe, then take a look at those logos. Take a look at how big they are. Take a look at how thick they are. And then also analyze your penchant for cheating. And if the logo on your polo shirt is like 20 fucking miles long, then you might want to rein that in a little bit. You might want to just dial it back, maybe stop your cheating ways. Another purpose of the study, led by evolutionary psychologist Daniel Kruger, Ph.D., it was to determine whether men who wear flashy clothes were more attractive to women or if women may be more attracted to men who are rich and can provide them with a stable financial future. So that was another purpose of the study. I guess that one provided less conclusive of evidence. And the subject of this study, they actually took Ralph Polo sh- or Ralph Lauren Polo shirts, Ralph Polo Polo shirts. There we go. Ralph Lauren polo shirts, you know those those polos that have the icon of the mini horse and the little mini horse that is really f- prominently displayed on the logo, or it's prominently displayed on the shirt. It's very large, 
It's quite easy to see. And that was the key focus here because supposedly Ralph Lauren also makes polos that also have like little tiny versions of the horse that are on there. And so that's a good way to come up with a control. So in, in scientific study, you want a control group. You want a group that doesn't change. That way you can actually compare what you're experimenting to to the normalized version of the effect that you're trying to get at. And Ralph Lauren polo shirts were just a really good example of this. So ladies, if you're out there, if first of all, if your guy has a Ralph Lauren polo shirt, then you need to check him out for other reasons besides cheating. Well, you need to check him out for cheating for other reasons, but he's got bigger issues if he's got if he's got a Ralph uh Ralph Lauren polo shirt in there. You might want to you might want to check that out first of all before you worry about the cheating thing. Women who took part in the study were not surprised by the results, and they seemed to agree. Rather than being a reliable and honest signal of future parental investment, displays of luxury goods may sometimes represent investment in mate attraction, which is at the expense of future investment in offspring. So what do you think about this? If you're listening to the podcast, or if you're listening to the live show, or if you're listening to the recording on the YouTube video, which you can do at youtube.com slash simulation radio. You can also watch live at 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, should you so choose to do so. Boom. Now the, now the recording tape explodes. If you choose to do so, make sure you're checking it out live. Follow Simulation Radio on everything and leave a comment what you think about this. Does this sound about right to you? The fact that you're probably trying to display things a little bit more prominently or you're trying to show off if you're wearing a shirt like that that's meant to signify your status that means you're probably trying to show off that also tends to indicate that you might have more of a narcissistic personality when you're doing stuff like that and narcissistic personalities tend also to uh do a little bit more cheating it's a Take with that story, take from that story what you will, ladies, and if you and your man need to, to head down in private after the show and have a little talk amongst yourselves in private about the future of your relationship, then you know what? Glad I could help. Glad I could help. Make sure you credit me. Credit me with exposing your man as a cheater. The Kentucky Derby winner, I believe it was, God, I forgot the name of the horse the Kentucky Derby winner whose trainer was Bob Baffert oh Medina Spirit Medina Spirit won the Kentucky Derby last weekend on May 1st at Churchill Downs and now there's a controversy what a surprise there's a controversy surrounding the horse at the Kentucky Derby Bob Baffert the trainer said Sunday morning that Medina Spirit tested positive for beta methazone after winning the Kentucky Derby a result that ultimately could lead to the horse's disqualification. Apparently, this is only something that happened one time before in, in 1968. It was running... Oh, God, I knew the horse's name earlier. It's something really stupid because the horses have stupid names. Let's see. It was uh, Dancer's Image and Forward Pass who came in second at the race in 1968. But Dancer's Image tested positive for... Phenol Buddhazone, God knows what that is, and Forward Pass ended up coming in first place. And that happened again this year. Medina Spirit tested positive for beta-methazone. It was a positive result of 21 picograms, which apparently is an anti-inflammatory drug. According to Kentucky Horse Racing Commission regulations, a second positive test called a split sample is required before a horse can be disqualified. So the horse tested once positively for it on race day and now the horse has to get tested again in order to confirm like okay was this a false positive is this actually an issue that we have are we going to have to disqualify this horse during the investigation both the trainer and the owner of the horse will be afforded due process and opportunity to appeal said mark guilfoyle executive director of the horse racing association in kentucky the positive test was received this past Friday, and they will not comment any further until the second test comes out. Churchill Downs confirmed runner-up Mandaloon will be declared the Kentucky Derby winner if findings of Medina Spirit's positive test are upheld. Though the use of beta-methazone, man, having to say that a couple times, whew, 
though the use of that drug is permitted in Kentucky as a therapeutic, any race day positive is a violation. And supposedly, new rules will also went into effect last August that replaced the 10 picogram per milliliter threshold. And the horse tested positive for 21 picograms, which I all I know about a picogram is that it's it's real small. It is really tiny. It is almost undetectable. But apparently, 21 grams of it is enough to be detected, and that's enough to disqualify Medina Spirit. Now, the question that I had when I read this article and saw this news story, which happened to, to be answered, fortunately, after a little bit more research, was, you know how there are a lot of bets that are placed at the Kentucky Derby? The Kentucky Derby is a very, uh, it's a very high-rolling kind of event. Like, you see people that go there, all the celebrities that go there, all the celebrity guests, and particularly I saw a picture of Dave Portnoy, who was there, and he was actually in a suit. You don't ever see him really in a suit in any barstool sports media, but Dave Portnoy is there looking dapper, and one of the things that happens at the Kentucky Derby a lot is the presence of betting. Now, betting is a key thing in the Kentucky Derby. I'm sure it's what makes a lot of the horse races exciting. You hear the fucking horse announcer be, he's talking about all the horses, all the horses with stupid names. I can imagine that the only thing that makes the Kentucky Derby interesting is betting about it. And the question that I had when I saw this test was, what is going to happen with all the bets that were placed if Medina Spirit gets disqualified. What's going to happen? What about the bets cashed in? Even if Medina Spirit is ultimately disqualified, something that can only happen after a second positive test, something that's called peri-mutual wagering, which is unlikely to be affected. So supposedly all the bets are still in place. All the bets that happened for that horse winning still going to go out. They're not going to be impacted by this. Peri-mutual wagering is what happens when all of the bets get pooled together in one pool and then all the payouts that happen from bet from that bet come from that same pool and that's the kind of the, the type of wagering that happens at the Kentucky Derby and it's not going to be affected and that's the question that I had here whether or not it's fair and I suppose what are you really going to do honestly all the bets have probably already been paid out it's not like you can just call all the bets back and go oh no just kidding everybody we lied the second horse won we got to give all the money to the second horse that's probably not going to happen right so i was curious about that and if you're curious about that too that is what's going to happen there so it makes it a little bit exciting at least to put some money on things i know when i'm doing something that i'm completely fucking awful at like beer pong for instance one of the things that makes it spicier is to put money on it. I know I'm going to lose that money, but occasionally, like one in every five games, I'll win that money back and cut my losses a little bit, and it'll be fine. And you know what? You have to take the risk with stuff like that. So you won it. Did Medina Spirit win it? I don't know. We'll have to check out the second test when it arrives, but bets are settled, and... I know this is the controversy that everybody wanted to hear about. I know every single person out there just gives a giant fuck about the Kentucky Derby. Well, you know what? Now you know. And I am not Kent Brockman, but this is I on Social Media. I hoping this would happen. I was really hoping that when we heard about the Floyd Mayweather and Jake Paul incident last week where Jake Paul in a viral moment got your hat, stole the hat off of Floyd Mayweather's face in a promotion press conference and just peace off with it like a fucking 12-year-old and now Floyd Mayweather has to come out and clear up the fact that no, unfortunately, as great as this sounds, he will not be taking on both Logan Paul and Jake Paul in the same fight. Now, I want to clear up a little bit of confusion that's happened here at Simulation Radio over the last couple of weeks. Because on the very interesting show last week, we 
took this story, and we didn't know if it was Jake Paul or Logan Paul that was actually going to be doing the fighting because, to our credit, the two fucking Paul brothers are literally the exact same person. They're the exact two same pieces of shit, and... Logan Paul and Jake Paul, we had a hard time distinguishing which one was actually going to be part of the fight. Turns out, so what happened was, despite the fact that it was Jake Paul that was at the, the press conference last week, and Jake Paul was the one that was responsible for the, the got your hat little fucking 12-year-old shithead bit, Logan Paul is actually going to be the one that fights in the exhibition match on June 6th. However... Floyd was not having any of that shit after Jake Paul confronted Floyd about the situation with nude cameras rolling at the press conference. Floyd yelled for his manager to drop the paperwork and so that he could get out there and fight Jake Paul, too. I can imagine he would want to fight Jake Paul after that. Mayweather Promotions CEO Leonard Ellerby asked was if there was any real chance that fans could get a two-for-one special on June 6th. He said, realistically, while he could probably fight both brothers... Probably not. It's not going to happen from a business standpoint. And, all right, I got an idea here. I have an idea for the Logan Paul slash Floyd May Mayweather slash potentially Jake Paul fight. Now, it's an exhibition match, right? It's already for fun. I also, a little side note here, I don't really get how, from a business standpoint, it's not going to make sense. Because in an exhibition match, can't you do anything? Isn't the goal to like, isn't the goal to literally make as much money as possible when doing something like this? And you know what? To me, it sounds like it could make a lot of money is put Floyd in there, put both Jake and Logan Paul in there at the same time and have Logan Paul and Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather just duke it out Finish in a him. three on one or two on one fight. I think Floyd Mayweather could just beat the shit out of both of them. I really think it's going to happen. Floyd Mayweather, I believe, could take down both of the, the Paul brothers. And I'm not going to lie, that might make it a little interesting, right? You know that Floyd Mayweather is going to beat the shit out of, of Logan Paul. You know that's going to happen, right? He would also beat the shit out of Jake Paul. Let's, let's be honest here. There's no way that Floyd Mayweather is going in the ring with either of those jokers and not just beating the fuck out of both of them. And honestly... I might pirate that just to see it happen. What would make it interesting, however, is if, hypothetically, let's get Mayweather in there, let's get Logan Paul in there, let's get Jake Paul in there, at the same time, watch Jake Paul and Logan Paul 2v1 fight Floyd Mayweather. I bet Floyd Mayweather can take them both. He'd fight Logan Paul with one hand, he'll fight Jake Paul with one other fucking hand. They both beat the shit out of each other. I, I gotta see it. This is something that I would... I would buy. Actually, you know what? Here's the thing. If this were to be what happens, I would buy the pay-per-view. I would buy the pay-per-view of Floyd Mayweather and both of the Paul brothers in the boxing ring beating the shit out of each other because then it also brings the question into mind, could Floyd Mayweather take both of them at the same time? Surely, Floyd Mayweather is a great boxer, right? You have to take that into account that Floyd Mayweather is the greatest probably one of the greatest boxers of all time, if not the greatest boxer of all time, depending on where your point in the argument stands on that. But you throw Jake Paul and you throw Logan Paul into the mix, and despite the fact that they're dumb as fuck and their existence on this planet is literally only to make YouTube videos, is to sit there and cause Zoomers and little kids to fucking click on them and watch Japanese suicide hanging videos from the forest, despite that, they're not actually that weak. Logan and Jake Paul are fairly well built. I'm sure they've been training. I'm sure they're decent fighters. I kind of want to see what happens. I really want to see what happens. And you know what? If that ends up happening, then credit to me. Credit only goes to me for that one. We move on to Alabama. Because if you drive through the city of Gardendale, Alabama recently, the chances are, if you exist among that population, which I can only imagine is like maybe one or two people, in the world, chances are pretty high that you might have seen a viral billboard battle that started last week when Jeff Dennis of Jeff Dennis Jewelers declared a sign war on the local Chick-fil-A, and the two businesses have been engaged in a friendly fire ever since. And this friendly fire went viral on social media. So what happened here was Jeff Dennis of his jewelry store, it's right across from this Chick-fil-A in Alabama, and... 
you know how on most businesses and most restaurants right under that, there's a sign that displays like, all right, here's the specials for today. Or, you know, in most cases, now hiring, please come work for us. That's all of them. Well, a particularly interesting twist was thrown on this. Let's hear it from WVTM the NBC affiliate over in Alabama. We installed a drive through so that people could safely shop with us. And uh, I was just, uh, I thought, well, I'll, I'll take a little jab. And just like that, the billboard battle began. Owner Jeff Dennis declaring. This lawn sign right here, by the way, under Jeff Dennis uh, a Jewelers. Sign war with this caption Your lawn looks great. Store. Our drive through is faster than Chick-fil-A's. Look at that. On the sign, our drive through is faster than Chick-fil-A's. In fact, I'll even put it here on up on the screen so that you guys can see it. And then the sign wars began. Round one. Fight. And a message on Facebook for his longtime friend and Gardendale Chick-fil-A one, two, three, four. owner, Mike Holmes. I declare They've, sign war. Always this is another key piece to a note here that Jeff Dennis and the owner of Chick-fil-A had been friends for 25 years. So this was this wasn't actually meant to have shade thrown around to anybody. This was just meant to be a friendly little uh friendly little ribbing between two business owners. Always covered up and do a great job, but I thought, you know, our drive-through moves faster than their drive-through, so that's what Does our- it now? I don't know, man. I've seen the Chick-fil-A drive-throughs now. Me and Justin from the very interesting show went to one the other day where it was pretty quick. They had all the, the little Christian soldiers that were there with their fucking iPads. They were ready to go. They were going to people that were around the building in line. They had the little Christian soldiers with iPads sitting there ready to go, ready to take your order, like five or six cars deep at least. And the Chick-fil-A drive through moved pretty fast. It looked like it would take a while, but it it got there first sign was and then we decided to retaliate a couple of days later uh with the overflow parking <laughs> located at jeff dennis and then just kind of went from there and for more than a week now the- so the retaliation from chick-fil-a on their sign overflow parking available at jeff dennis jewelry so jeff dennis jewelry puts out a sign that throws a little bit of shade at chick-fil-a chick-fil-a is firing back chick-fil-a is not sitting there waiting for the word of god chick-fil-a is Firing back here. Chick-fil-A wants you to know that there is overflow parking over there. And Chick-fil-A can get pretty crowded, so I'm sure there are some people that took that seriously. The unlikely rivals are getting even more creative. Uh, Then I woke up to cows and eat more chicken in front of my uh, lawn the other day, and my sign said gold nuggets are better than chicken nuggets. And Are they now? Today I countered back with a sign in their yard. Both say I don't know. I'm I'm having a hard time agreeing with that. I a gold nugget probably costs a lot of money, and a chicken nugget does not cost a lot of money. And one of those I can eat, and they're very delicious. So, what do you have to say to that, Jeff Dennis? It's a fun and simple way to make people smile and hopefully bring in some new business. They need something to be able to wake up and laugh about, uh, something to bring uh, joy to them. Something fun to do, something off topic of everything that's been so controversial in the last year and give, give folks something to smile about. As for how long this phony feud will go on, well, Milo's, Milo's down the street is now getting in on the action. Bring it. I mean, come on. Wow, everybody's I, getting I, in I, on I've the I've got action. an LED sign. you got to put yours up with a pole, so I'm ready. There's been an update in this case after the sign war goes viral. What happens was the sign war catches waves. It goes viral on social media, which is why it's being covered here. And now the resolution has been has occurred here because a peace treaty has been signed between Jeff Dennis Jewelers and the local Chick-fil-A that also happened to go viral. The peace treaty and Mike Holmes has come up with a great way to give back in honor of the sign wars. Of course, it became a viral event and they used this opportunity to donate to charity. They teamed up, Chick-fil-A and Jeff Dennis Sign Wars teamed up and donated 5% of all of their sales that week to a charity called Outdoor Ability. And it's a cute little way to gain some viral notability, to raise money for a good cause, and to get noticed. that Look, when something goes viral, viral marketing is absolutely real. Imagine you're in this situation, you're in fucking... Podunk, Alabama. Look at this. I I can't see anything out there. 
there's nothing out there in this picture. This is Alabama. That's blue sky. There is nothing out there. And you have a moment like this go viral. It's a nice little thing that gets attention on you. And it's a nice little event that just kind of shakes up the menial life, I'm sure, of being in that business and that same space for that same spot all this time. So Gardendale, Alabama, Chick-fil-A and Jeff Dennis Jewelers teamed up for a good cause, had a little bit of fun along the way. And it's a feel good story that I hope gives a little bit of positive energy out there to people that are looking because I know the news is a lot of negativity. The news is kind of shit, which, you know, if you're not paying attention to it, good on you. I am. I'll do it for you. It, you don't have to. Uh, you can keep it here and we'll do it. The village of Heartland, Wisconsin, is having a problem. And their local police department seems to be on the case. Now, college students have been going around playing a certain Nerf Wars game. Now, Nerf Wars, I never played it in college. But for those of you that are familiar with Nerf Wars, also let me know on social media what your favorite kind of Nerf War is or what your favorite memories are from doing Nerf Wars. Because this college town in Heartland, Wisconsin, is having an issue that the police are trying to figure out and the police are trying to curb. The village of Heartland Police Department is asking college students in Heartland, Wisconsin, to stop doing nude Nerf Wars. You hear that, college students out there in Heartland, uh, Wisconsin, wherever the fuck that is? Gotta stop playing Nerf Wars in the nude. This post went viral on social media Please talk to your children about playing the Nerf Wars game safely. While we encourage students to have fun, we want them to play safe, and each year we have calls for students playing the game nude. This is not okay and could be exposing themselves to children and other citizens. If you are a parent of a student, please warn them that they could be arrested and issued citations by playing in the nude. So, you know, you might be going to jail if you're playing Nerf Wars in the nude. Just... Don't do it. Just don't do it. It's not good. Put some put some damn clothes on, people. That does sound kind of fun, though. I don't know. It... All right, all right. That was I on social media. Wow, infotainment. And that was also the first episode of Simulation Radio Live. I'll be back tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern. The podcast will be posted soon. See you tomorrow. Remember you all in therapy.